The book of Job, we're still in our series going through the book of Job, the faith of Job. The book of Job, chapter number 8. Job chapter number 8. Job chapter number 8. I want to thank everyone that prayed as we went down to Garden City, uh, Kansas. Uh, drove down there on Monday, preached Tuesday morning, preacher's meeting. Thank you for praying. I could tell that the folks back home were praying. God gave real liberty. I'm so thankful. Um, and the uh, meeting went well. And the uh, trip went well. No, no problems there. Drove down, drove back. Got to watch all that beautiful scenery across Kansas, coming and going. I mean, you know, get to partake of it twice in two days. I mean, shh, man, I was about out of my mind because of all the beauty that was out there. And if you don't know I'm being facetious, I've got some things I'd like to sell you. So anyway, in all seriousness, thanks for praying. I, there was just great liberty to preach, which I know does not come except that folks are praying. I appreciate it very much. Job chapter, chapter 8, we're going to read this. There's 22 verses. We're going, to read, we're going to read the chapter. won't take that long. Follow along, if you will. Uh, once again, if you're not well able to stand through all of this, don't you feel like you have to do that? God understands all of that. Job chapter 8, verse 1, Then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, How long wilt thou speak these things? And how long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? Doth God pervert judgment, or doth the Almighty pervert justice? If thy children have sinned against him, and he have cast them away for their transgression, if thou wouldest seek unto God be times, and make supplication to the Almighty, if thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee, and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. For I inquire, for inquire I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. For we are but of yesterday, and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. Shall not they teach thee, and tell thee, and utter words out of their heart? Can the rush grow without mire? Can the flag grow without water? Whilst it is yet in his greenness, and not cut down, it withereth before any other herb. So are the paths of all that forget God. And the hypocrite's hope shall perish, whose hope shall be cut off, and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, but it shall not endure. He is green before the sun, and his branch shooteth forth in his garden. His roots are wrapped about the heap, and seeth the place of stones. If he destroy him from his place, then it shall deny him, saying, I've not seen thee. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers, till he fill thy mouth with laughing and thy lips with rejoicing. They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. I, I titled the message tonight this, God is good, but life is not always fair. Life is not always fair. Let's pray. We'll try to get through this. 
Father, I do thank you once again for all the folks that are out. And we just pray now for divine direction in preaching this message. We pray for power. Lord, power that can only come from you. Unction that can only come from you. Clarity of thought and speech. We always need that. And then, Father, just to just to help the listeners to open their ears and their hearts to what you have for us tonight. We can learn from this to be better Christians. To be better Christians. Or if we take heed to the lessons you have for us tonight. Bless and help, Lord. Um, may your will be done in all of this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. And please, please do be seated. A lady by the name of Claudia Claxton was a 20-something-year-old newlywed when she was diagnosed with having Hodgkin's disease, a cancer of the lymph glands. And she was told if she was to take cobalt, uh, cobalt th- therapy, uh, that sure, her chances of revival, uh, revival, her chances of survival would be about 50%. And so she began the therapy immediately. Uh, with all of the usual results of going through things like that. Uh, when she was horribly sick, her hair fell out, her skin began, uh, became dark and wrinkled from the repeated exposure to radiation. And uh, since Claudia was a Christian, friends from her church came to visit her. However, their words of encouragement often confused her instead of comforting comforting her. For example, there was a deacon that looked down at her and solemnly encouraged her to examine her life. And he said, surely there's something in your life which is displeasing to God. I mean, you must have stepped out of God's will somewhere. These things just don't happen this way. And then one of the ladies of the church came to visit, and this lady was an avid fan of various faith healers, and uh, she said, look, Claudia, sickness is never God's will. The devil is at work, and God's going to wait until you get enough faith to believe that you'll be healed, and when that happens, then you'll be healed. And yet another friend came along, encouraging her to Just learn to praise God for all of her trials. Claudia, what you need to do is you need to come to a place where you can just outright say, God, I I love you for making me suffer like this. It's it's your will. I, I praise you for loving me enough to allow me to experience this. That's a true story. Really did, it really did happen, really did take place. There were these people that came to this lady with these uh, encouraging words. I would have to believe that those that came to Claudia meant well. They came, and and they meant well. They were trying to help. But very unfortunately, their words only proved to be confusing and hurtful. Job's friends made the same mistake. They meant well. But even though they meant well, nothing good came of it. There was no help there. 
And tonight, as we get into chapter number eight here, we're hearing from Bildad. And uh, I think we can take it that Bildad seemed to have listened to Job when Job said what he said, but, but, but as he listened, I don't think he listened with good understanding. Because Job said that what God was doing in his life didn't make any sense to him. That's pretty understandable, isn't it? Somebody say amen. It's pretty understandable that what, was, what Job was going through did not make any sense to him. I mean, he was a perfect man, upright, skewed evil. God's the one that said that. I mean, he was doing the best that he can. Now all this stuff has befell him. And Job said, I just, this does not make any, any, any sense to me. This is confusing me that I'm going through what I'm going through. But what Bildad heard, but what Bildad heard Job was, was he heard Job accusing God of being unfair, accusing God of being unjust, accusing God of those things. So Bildad took it upon himself to defend God's justice. And as he spoke, some of what he says is true, and we'll identify with that, but as with Eliphaz, what Eliphaz had said, it was not applicable to what was happening to Job. We have to be very careful with Bible principles. Bible principles are all true. We know that for a fact. We trust the Bible. We believe the Bible. But we have to be careful with with Bible principles. Because when Bible principles are not uh, applied correctly, they're applied out of context to someone's life or someone's circumstances. It's not helpful. In fact, it can be very hurtful. And so we have to certainly understand the word of God, have knowledge of the word of God, hide it in our heart that we might not personally sin against God and that we might use it to help others along the way. But we, we have to have knowledge. We, we have to make sure it's, that, 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 it's, that it's applicable to whatever situation when we begin to talk someone, we have to understand the whole situation uh, before we put our mouth into gear. Or it can be more hurtful than it is helpful. Because, I mean, uh, Bildad here, he started out just rebuking Job. Just flat out rebuking him. In fact, it said, of course, Bildad answered verse 1. But then he said this, How long wilt thou speak these things? How long shall the words of thy mouth be like a strong wind? He told him, no, no, he, he told him, he said, You're talking too much, Job. You're running your head. You're, you're just a windbag. What's your problem, Job? You're full of hot air. Oh, no, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's basically what he said up in modern terms. That's basically what, I, what he said. And then he went on to accuse Job of misrepresenting God in verse number three. Doth God pervert judgment? Or doth the Almighty pervert justice? And I'm sure you notice the word judgment there. That word judgment is a, it's a legal term, uh, which means a verdict had been ren- has been rendered. So Bildad's asking Job, he's saying, look, Job, do you think that God pronounces those that do wrong innocent? Do you really think he pronounces the wrongdoers innocent? And do you think that those, uh, he, think he pronounces those that do right guilty? I mean, he's asking Job some questions. Do you really think it's that way? 
And, and, and it talks there about that the Almighty pervert justice. And the word justice there in the verse is used in the same legal sense. And it speaks about carrying out a sentence. And so it's like he goes on and says, come on, Job, come on. Do you really believe that God punishes the innocent and lets those that do wrong go free? Okay. Um, think for, don't think with me for, about this for a minute. How would you answer those questions? If you're sitting there. And, and, and somebody says, does, go, uh, does God pronounce those that are doing things wrong? Does he say they're innocent? And, and does, does he pronounce a, guilt, a guilty sentence upon those that, that are doing right? And, and, and do you think that God punishes those that have not done anything wrong and lets those that have done wrong go free? I mean, how would you answer those? The questions himself are good questions. And he's making a point there. Come on, to a sense he's making a point there. Come on. God does not, God does not unjustly judge anyone. Come on. There's no place that God brings judgment down on somebody and then later on goes, oh, I just didn't know all the details. That's not our God. That's not the way He is. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the way that God is. And, and, and God's not going to just let somebody that is doing wrongly, one of His children, continue to just do wrongly without ever finally somewhere along the way bringing a little bit of judgment, chastening. So the questions themselves, I mean, I, He was pretty much on base. But at the very same time, at the very same time, do you feel as though that Bill Dad may have been insinuating something with those questions? I mean, come on, it's kind of like, Job, just go ahead and fess up, bud. We know what's going on. We know what's happening. And I know that's what's happening because then he goes on to rebuke Job for not admitting to, des uh, to deserving the judgment of God. Look at verse number four. If thy children have sinned against him and, 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 and he have cast them away for their transgressions, if thou wouldest seek unto God be times and make, an, uh, make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou wert pure, come on Job, if thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake thee and make the habitation, habitation of thy righteousness prosperous, though thy beginning was small, yet the latter end should greatly increase. You ought to be increasing. Everything's good, Job. Now, here's what he said. Here's his good friend. Here's what he said. Your children got what they deserve, Job. Go ahead and admit it. I don't know who you're fooling, Job, but I'm telling you, they must have been in some kind of sin. They deserved what they got, and what you need to do is admit it. And you, Job, personally, walking around, acting so pious, acting so religious, acting like nothing's wrong. I mean, like your relationship with God is really something special. I can't even believe you act like that. I mean, when will you finally, Job, confess your hidden sins? I mean, those sins that could, could be hid from men, but they could not be hid from God. Why don't you just go ahead? and spill your guts right here, Job. Because if you were living right, God would be blessing you. God would not be whipping you like this. Well, a good old friend right there, ain't it? I mean, I mean, hey, great encouragement. With friends like those, who needs enemies? Well, I had to, had to start right there, I'm telling you. 
Now, we have to think about this for a second because it really did happen. Do you think that, and I'm, you know, right now we're thinking, Bill, Dad, you are an idiot. You are a doofus. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. But do you think Bill, Dad was being sincere? I believe he was. I believe there's some sincerity there. But, but being sincere in what we say is not good enough in all situations. Sincere words are good unless they're not true. Unless we think we know what we're talking about when we don't know what we're talking about. I think down through the uh, decades that I have been an independent Baptist, and I think that some of this has gone on along the way. That I've seen this, that people get to thinking that they know what's going on. And I, if, if, if you weren't in sin, all these things wouldn't be happening to you. And so you think this guy, man, he is, he is rebuking, he is railing on Job. Now you think about this. At this point, right there, sitting there, who is in need of correction at this point in the conversation? Well, not Job. No, 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 Job's not in need of correction. Look, sometimes it's good for us to just think this way. Um... Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Sometimes when we think that we're at a place that we can really come down hard on somebody else, maybe we ought to take a real good look at our life before we start running our head. It really is good to make sure what we are saying to someone is true before it comes out of our mouths. And all these friends of Job, they were confident that Job was guilty of sin against God. They were very confident of that. It came, it came across with Eliphaz, it's coming across with Bildad, that his only hope was to get on his face and get right with God. So he doesn't even stop there. No, no, no. So he goes, so he decides he's going to, he decides he needs to educate Job. What we need to do, what I need to do here is I need to educate Job. And so he starts there in verse number eight. For I inquire, I pray, for inquire, I pray thee of the former age and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. So he starts out with a history lesson. Search the history of the fathers. Uh, verse 9, For we are but of yesterday, and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. Shall not they teach thee, these, these, these ones of the former age, and tell thee, and utter words out of their heart? So he makes three claims here. He says, There are those that have gone through these things in the past, and they can teach us many, many truths. If we'll just watch it. Now hold it. Let me stop right here for just a brief second. I'm thankful we have the Bible. And I'm telling you, if we would read and study the Bible and apply it to our life, it would keep us from making a whole lot of mistakes. I said it can keep us from making a whole bunch of mistakes. 
It can keep us out of trouble. It can keep us on the right path. It can, it can help us to talk when we need to, shut our mouth when we need to. It can help us to control our emotions. It can help us, it can help us, it can help us. We can learn from the past what the Bible has pinned down in it. Right up there. Absolutely so. And I'm very thankful for that. He goes on talking to Job. He said, you know, life's just really too short to be able to learn all that we need to learn from the things that we go through. I like to think that when this is all over, Bildad learned some things that he just went through. Okay, even if I had a show of hands in here tonight, and I'm not asking for any, but I'm telling you, there, there are people sitting right here and one standing before you that would say, man, oh man, I've had to learn a lot of things by the hard things I've gone through. I've had to learn some things the hard way. I, I've gone through some things, and yep, I'm telling you, it was lesson for me. I had to go through some things a few times before I finally decided, man, alive, God's right and I'm wrong. Oh yeah, no, no, it's possible that we can learn. Even though, even though we have this, and I'm so thankful for it, what I just said a moment ago, that we can learn from this and how to do right and how to stay away from wrong and how we're supposed to, we can learn what we need from the history that is written down in this book, but um, we're human. And so even though we know the truth, come on, have you ever read a Bible verse or a portion of Scripture and God spoke to you clearly and you said, man, oh man, I'm telling you, that is me and I need to learn from that. And then find yourself 10 days later and you have already crossed that line again. So we can learn from personal experience if we allow ourselves to do that. I'm thankful for what we can learn from this and what God has pinned down for us, but you know, we can learn through personal things too. We, we, it just doesn't seem like we can learn everything from history. And it'd be crazy for us, really Bildad's saying, it'd be crazy for us not to learn and not to glean wisdom from those that have gone through such things. And that's absolutely the truth. I'm, I'm with them in that. I, I, I definitely so. And, and hopefully I would respond right. I, I can see Job sitting there going, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I know my Uncle Fred, and, and he went through some things, and I learned from that. And yes, I've had to learn some things on my own, and, and, and we should learn from those things that, 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 that those have gone through, those things that others have gone through in their lives. We should learn from that. And we should be very open to ideas that would help us to do the right thing in our life. However, each person is an individual, and all circumstances may not be the same. What's going on in my life that may seem like something that is going on in someone else's life could be caused by completely different circumstances. You know, we have to be careful. We must be careful not to judge a book by its cover. Not to jump to conclusions. Not to have knee-jerk reactions. To not judge a person's trials in life by what we see and what we think. Because we don't know the whole story. 
We know the whole story of Job. They didn't. But we can learn from this. I have no trouble getting you to agree with me that our world's in a mess. Our world's in a mess. Our country's in a mess. Our our state's in a mess. Our city's in a mess. And there are people right here in our city that are going through um, trials. And there are people right here in Riverside Baptist Church that are going through trials. People in this church. And we have to have enough wisdom and discernment and understanding and um, we just need to have the wherewithal to where we'll be very, very careful about what we say, what we do. Well, as preachers, it's not like I'm going to go up and say anything to anybody. Okay, so you're not going to go say it to their face, but we've got to be very careful what we say behind the doors too. What we say to other people also that we're not quick to judge somebody. Well, if they would just, and they don't. Look, if we don't know all the circumstances, and we don't know all the details, it's pretty good that we don't just start uh, trying to figure out how they're going to get out of all this. Because that's exactly what his friends are doing. They're, They're trying to figure, Job, if you just get on your face before God, we know there's wicked sin in your life somewhere. So he gives him a history lesson. But then he goes on. And he tells Job that he can learn from nature, too, from nature. No, truly, look at verse 11 there. It says, can the rush grow without mire? Can the flag grow without water? And he goes on, we've read. The rush, the flag, uh, both are plants that grew grow in marsh-like swampy areas, areas that are susceptible to seasonal flooding. And what would happen when the floods came and flooded these areas and made them into marshy areas, uh, then these plants, uh, this rush and this, this, this flag, they, they grew very quickly. And, and I mean, very quickly, up sometimes six to ten feet tall. Um, but as the weather got warmer and the water went away and the ground would dry up quickly in that area over there and these plants this rush rush and this flag would would uh, would pretty much just die overnight it'd be gone so Bildad is saying like just just like those short-lived plants and I get get what he says here and if you if you need to read back to it again I'd encourage you to do that but here's what he's saying just like those short-lived plants, uh, Job. You know, hypocrites and those that are ungodly, they may do well for a time, you know, kind of like you did, but, but eventually they're going to wither away and they're going to die because of the judgment of God. Well, he's putting it on him pretty hard here, truly. I mean, uh, he's pretty much, ought to just stick, stick, pretty much just sticking his finger in his nose and saying, we know you're a hypocrite. We know you're living in sin somewhere. We know you must be ungodly because the judgment of God has fell on you. And then he goes on to say, uh, and people like that that are going through all that stuff, kind of like that, you know, they may, uh, they, may lean upon, they may lean upon their house. Okay, let's read it then. Verse 15, He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold fast, but it 
shall not endure. He said, he said, you know, it's like people lean upon their house. Lean upon their house, preacher. What's that all about? Well, they put a lot of confidence in their wealth when they go down. So they, they may, you know, put a lot of confidence in their wealth, try to hold on to that, trying to hold on to the wealth. Really, Job, that'd kind of be like trying to grab hold and find support in a spider web. Well, that's what he says. Um, Verse 14, whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a, as a spider's web. And then he goes on to say, like, say, say this, just like a farmer, just like a farmer pulls a weed from the ground so that, it, so, so that the, the plants around it can grow a lot better. Job, you need to understand, God is able to remove a hypocritical, ungodly man just like he removes a, just like that farmer removes that weed, and I can guarantee you the wicked will surely die. <laughs> okay, recount this. I, I try to live this in my mind while I'm trying to put this together. I, I see Job sitting there on that pile of ashes. He's lost everything he has. He, he's scraping boils off of his body with a piece of broken pottery. His wife has said, I'd be better off if you just curse God and die, buddy. His friends show up. A little glimmer of hope there until they start talking. Eliphaz finishes his thing. Job has a little bit to say, and then Bildad starts in. And oh man, I, I'm just thinking that that Job is sitting there thinking, man, oh man, I hope he has something better to say than Eliphaz. But the longer that Bildad talks, the worse that it gets. Now again, are these lessons of nature or are they sound lessons? Yes, absolutely so. They are. I mean, yeah, what he's saying is true as far as the nature of the weeds and this, all those different things, putting your hope in, the, in your house and your wealth, all those. Are, are, are they sound? Yeah, but are they applicable to Job's case? No. No, they're not. And, and is this what Job is needing to hear during this time in his life? No. It's not. I mean, it's like, like I, just, I just want to think that Job would say, okay, okay, wait, wait, thanks for the history lesson, Bildad. You know, thanks for the, 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 the lesson from the nature, okay, okay, but, but what are you trying to say, Bildad? I mean, why don't you just go ahead and spit it out? Quit beating around the bush. You're saying all this stuff, and you're trying to say it in a nice way, not to offend me, but I'm telling you, why don't you just go ahead and just be straightforward about it? Because we know this, that Bildad was way off base with his encouragement to Job. Way off base. And he goes on, he's talking about, he's talking about Job being so, 
so such a hypocrite and acting so pious and all that stuff. But then Bildad decides that he needs to defend God. He's going to defend God like God needs to be defended. He says this, look at verse 20. He says, behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers. So he starts by defending God's justice. He said, Job, I know God. I know him. And uh, God is not about to cast aside a perfect man, a blameless man. He's just too just. God is just too just to do something like that. And, and he's not going to help those that are doing evil. Don't you know, Job? You know that's the truth. Still trying to encourage, encourage here. Defending God's justice. And then he went on to defend God's goodness. Verse number 21. Till he filled thy mouth with laughing. And thy lips with rejoicing. It's like he says, look, 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 Job. God is not doing this trying to destroy you. God's not trying to destroy you. No, 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 no. He's trying to get you to a place that he can restore you. That's what he wants to do. Come on, Job. What you're doing, it doesn't have to last forever. I mean, God's ready to forgive and to heal and to restore you to his joy. Just do your part, Job. And then he goes on in defense of God's mercy. Verse 22. They that hate thee shall be clothed with shame. And the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. So here's what he says. Listen, Job, listen. If you just get right with God, if you'll just get right with God, if you'll just confess your awful sin and make things right between you and God, I'm telling you, Job, He is ready to put His hand of protection back on you and to bring back that prosperous Job that everybody know, uh, knew and loved. Now tell me, If you were Job, if you were down and out, what would that kind of encouragement do to you? Well, preacher, but you know, Bildad and Eliphaz and this other guy we're going to look at, they... They, they didn't really, they didn't know what was going on. Right, I understand that. But what gave them the right to assume anything? Are y'all still with me here? What gave them the right to think that they are so right with God... That they could come up and stick a finger in Job's face when they didn't know what was going on. You know, I've said this a lot of times, but it, and it's absolutely the truth. 
If we would spend more time taking care of our own personal needs, especially spiritual needs, we'd spend more time taking care of our own spiritual needs, we really wouldn't have time to be meddling in the lives of other people. We really wouldn't have time to be making judgment on other folks and what's going on in them. Because when we see ourselves the way that God sees us, I mean, I'm not talking well, I'm talking about our sinful nature. Mercy, I know He sees us through the blood of Christ. If we could see sin the way that God sees sin, that's a better way to put it. We would understand that... Uh, We've got plenty to take care of. And then if we really wanted to be more Christ-like, that we could find something good to say to people. Uplifting to say to people. Stay with me here. We could find something that would encourage and edify and help, support. Well, pastor, what if they are? What if, what if, what, I mean, what if we don't know? And what if they are? Look, what, look, what if they're not? What if you could be that one that could really encourage them to keep going? I hate, to even, I hate to even say this, but I know, I know it's, it's, a, it's a fact. There are people that are not in church tonight that should be in church because of the way that other Christians have treated them during hard times in their life. I don't want to be that kind of Christian. I don't want to be that day. A lot of what Bildad has said is wise and it's true, but he's making a horrible mistake in trying to apply it to Job's circumstances. Truly everything that he has said is pretty much worthless because of the fact that it was all built on a false assumption that Job and his family were being punished for their sins when they weren't. My second rule of ministry is never assume anything. Gets me in trouble when I do. It gets other people in trouble when they do. Never assume anything. Look, we, we know that there's a price to be paid for unconfessed sin and, and a lack of repentance in someone's life. But for us to be judgmental without knowing the whole truth or, or for us to assume something and then unjustly apply Bible principle, well, that can just end up being hurtful. And we may walk away, stay with me here, we may walk away feeling pretty good about ourselves. But what have we just done to that one? So what can we learn from Bildad? Well, when somebody is suffering, maybe our first step should be to come up with some comforting words. Instead of being accusatory. Instead of making assumptions, maybe we should just give them the benefit of the doubt with some 
comforting words and encourage them with the thought that our God is always just and He's going to see them through this as they draw close to Him, absolutely. No, I hear your words, but what if they are in sin, preacher? Well, I guarantee you, God, in His time and in His way, He's going to take care of that too. He will. God is a judge. And He can rightly judge. And He can justly judge, can't He? Until we know the absolute truth of any matter, maybe we should just determine to be a real friend and help them through a hard time the best that we can. You know, someone told me, someone was excited that I was going to go through the book of Job, and someone told me here recently, they said, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. I can understand that because pretty much here's the way we think of Job. Job was good. He lost everything he had. His friends were idiots. And then his life got better and God replaced all of his stuff. That's that's pretty much the way we think of the book of Job. We don't think about the the, uh, 40 verses in between chapter 1 and chapter number 42. But here's what I'm finding in Job, Brother Mike. Life advice. For the Christian. Life advice. Along the way, we learn what not to do if we keep our eyes open and ears open. And I believe there's going to be a lot more life advice. Well, these, these Wednesday night, I mean, are, are you going to preach? Well, I'll try to preach a little bit, but I, I really do feel like this is kind of a teaching time. Oh, you know, I'm not real teachy. You that are in my Sunday school class, you know that very well. I'd rather preach. But I believe there's real teaching to be done here. I believe there's learning for us in this. And God is the one that gave us the book of Job. And, and there's a lot more. We've got a lot more chapters to go. So, I mean, don't lose heart. But as we go through this, I, I really encourage you to pray. Continue to read the book of Job. And let's get out of it what God would have us to get out of it. Remember, God is good all the time, absolutely so, but life's not always fair. And that's not just to you. That's the people around you. Life's not always fair to people around you either. So what looks one way to us may not be exactly what it is. Maybe we ought to be the one that goes and tries to encourage, not like Job's friends, but in a, uh, in a Matthew chapter 7 type of way. You know, where Jesus said, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. 
For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, paraphrased. Uh, what you want other people, how you want other people to treat you, treat them. First. We live in a world of hurting people. People have made, that have made mistakes. People that have done things wrong. People that very well may be paying the consequences of things they've done. We live in that world. Somebody say amen. No, no, it's very true. It's very real. We live in that we live in that world. You know what people like that need? Yeah, preacher, they need for somebody to get up and go, if you wouldn't have no, 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 no. They need people that will befriend them and pray for them and guide them and encourage them and love them where they are and try to help them get to the place that God wants them to be. That's what they need. There's never one place that I've read in my New Testament where Jesus kicked somebody that was down. Jesus always stuck out His hand and lifted them up. But preacher, people are just so wicked. I know. That's why they need someone that um, can show them the way. And the truth. And the life. Because there's nothing better. Period. Nothing better. We just need to be careful. We just need to never get to thinking that God can't help someone just because they've got themselves in deep. We just need to be careful to not get to thinking that we have all the answers or that we're better than somebody else. We just need to be careful about judging anyone for what they're going through. It's best just to help them as the Lord leads and let God sort it out. If the truth needs to come out, God's good at bringing it out. Let's be a better friend than Bildad. Better friend than Eliphaz. Let's show people the love of Christ to the best of our ability. Father, you know, as I take myself back and I try to sit in that place and listen to Eliphaz and listen to Bill Dad and the things that they said and try to decipher it and 
figure out what they were saying to Job. But as I put myself in that place, I'm thinking just how much more miserable that Job was feeling because of these friends that seemed to know better what Job should do. Then Job knew what he was to do. We struggle, Lord, and as, 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 as time goes on, we're going to struggle more, and things aren't getting better, they're getting worse. And people's situations, um, well, everybody's got a story. And Lord, I just want, as a church, I just want for us to be ready and willing to be, um, well, to give people benefit of the doubt to reach out to them and try to lift them up. Lord, be mindful that you are the one that can help them and to give them sound biblical advice Lord, without looking down our nose at anybody. Father, I don't even know if you've spoken to hearts tonight. I just pray your will would be done. I pray we would learn from this and I pray we'd be better Christians because of it. And that, Lord, that you would lead somebody into our path that we could help to lift up, try to help them to get to the place you would have them to be, that we could show them the love of Christ. Uh, Lord, just, just, just bless us and help us. Guide us, we pray. Bless this time of invitation. Lord, I pray that you will and ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet. Some have come to the altar. You need to come. Uh, we're, not going to take, we're not going to take a lot of time. You just need to come talk to God tonight. Altar's open for you.